0: Hello, everyone. Welcome to Popcast on the Rocks. We're a podcast that talks about pop culture things that we're interested in, and sometimes there's whiskey. My name is John, and I'm joined, as always, by Andrea. How's it going? Hi, <laughs> I'm good. How are you? Good. Yeah, we're uh, we're back. It's been yeah, it's been a little bit extra of a break. Mm-hmm. My uh, field work is finally wrapping up, so it should be good to go. Full steam ahead
1: good, good how did uh how did the field work go? yeah,
0: you it worked all... out really well, actually, because um, you know plenty of years you get really bad weather that mm-hmm. slows you down or a whole bunch of things breaking, so early in the season was a little bit slower slower start, but um, yeah, once we got really going, went well, so
1: good, good, yeah, I wouldn't have wanted to be out there today in our like whipping tornado winds I took a walk earlier and uh you know with the with the dog and the baby and poor baby was just like my god what is happening she's just like buffeted around trying to stay upright (laughs) like
0: yeah (laughs)
1: mom I'm not made for this what are you doing (laughs) oh god it was funny Mm
0: -hmm. yeah no it's uh looks like it's gonna I mean winter is upon us winter's coming so it's uh yeah It's going to be called November.
1: It's like the time and whatever. We had our our daylight savings time where we all got, you know, an extra hour of sleep. Uh, You know, unless unfortunately you're a parent and your kid is like daylight savings time. What is that? I'm just going to wake up.
0: (laughs) (laughs) I don't understand Mm -hmm. this
1: whole like extra thing. It is. Yeah. time for the breakfast. Come.
0: Well, we've got hunting now, so we've been getting up for that. Yeah. A little earlier or whatever. So. Yeah. Yeah,
1: for sure. Yeah, Chris is uh well, Chris is getting prepared to go on that too. So
0: Okay. Yeah, time you said something of year. About scouting. Like yeah. So kinda...
1: so yeah, he and my my dad and my grandpa go up uh to the to the hunting lands that they um hunt for lack of a, a better word. <laughs> I mean I, there's no really like synonym I have for that, so can't use a different word. But yeah, so they go up to the lands that they hunt every year um and just like set up their deer stands, kinda like scout out if the normal trails that they walk or like the places that they kind of go to like flush out the deer um, are a little bit overgrown and maybe they can like trim some trees back or like any trees have fallen they've had that hmm. before so they just they like to get a sense of like you know anything Makes that's sense. going on that's different that with the terrain it hmm. also could be just an excuse to like get outdoors and get up there so you know
0: do they ever have to compete for space you know they like have other people yeah okay
1: yeah um yeah i mean it doesn't sound like the past couple of years but i know a few years ago um they'd gotten up there and my dad was like yeah there were some guys setting up some deer stands where we usually are and we just kind of like
0: mm.
1: you know ran into them we were like oh hey this is you know yeah. where we come every you know what i mean i all think right. they all worked it out amicably and, and everybody was able to like get a spot or whatever but yeah they've definitely had some like what are you doing here? This is our turf. I have
0: got an idea. I've got an idea. You, you make some signs that say like uh you know, um abandoned minefield. Do, right, right.
1: <laughs> Do not enter old fat the like skull. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. So yeah, yeah. It's a different kind of like turf war, like hunting mm-hmm. turf war. it's not the kind you hear about often. But uh probably the most common in Minnesota.
0: Yeah. Well, um, it's probably in all this cold weather, some people hunting for a solid drink. Do we have any holidays that would uh, appease those fine fellows?
1: We do, especially for all you hunters out there that are looking for something easy to take on the road and out out hunting. Uh, We have a plethora of holidays centered around beer, unsurprisingly. Uh, October 27th, it was National American Beer Day. Uh, and then just a couple of days ago, on the third, it was National Stout Day. If you're looking for something like a beer to kind of fill you up and maybe keep you going during hunting season, I mean, stout is basically a meal in and of itself. So there I you mean, go.
0: I don't combine <laughs> alcohol and hunting, but uh, to I don't know. Round.
1: I I wouldn't either. But you know, when you're around that fire at night and you want to get a little little something, sure. yeah. maybe that's maybe that's your jam. Um, and then also, you know, maybe for you people who are not hunting, but still like beer and are looking for a beer related activity at home, just yesterday, uh, it was national learn to homebrew day. Nice. That, wow. kind of, that got me, uh, thinking about, uh, our friend Phil who used to homebrew. Mm. I kind of, I kind of missed that. Like yeah. he, had some, he had some good creations. Like once he really got into it and kind of like mastered the basics of like, you know, I don't just have to make like an IPA. Like I can experiment with flavors and things like that. He he, kind of had some good stuff going. So
0: yeah, Ben Ben, he always had good stuff too. He made I don't know if he still yeah. still does that or not, but yeah,
1: yeah. I don't know. I don't know how expensive that really is to keep up. I mean, I know it's not cheap to get started. Um, right. But yeah. As you as you go along, I don't know like how much additional cost that you kind of have to weigh, like makes it worth it or not. So.
0: Yep. Good hobby. Useful hobby for sure.
1: Yeah. Yeah. For, I mean, definitely a fun hobby too, you know, and, and something like you see, you get the rewards of, and you're like, oh, well, you know, I, I made this, like you have the pride Mm -hmm. and also like the actual product, which, Mm -hmm. you know, hopefully turned out well. Yeah.
0: Well, Um, I'm, oh, go ahead.
1: I was just gonna say for anybody not uh, celebrating Beer Day, um, there is on the wild opposite end of the the alcohol spectrum on October twenty eighth. It was Global Champagne Day. Oh, uh-huh. so beer, champagne, yeah, champagne of beers.
0: Oh, <laughs> yeah. Beer, there right? you go. Do both. Right. right? Wine, Which one right? is
1: that? I know. I know. I know that. What is
0: that's that? uh. That,
1: is that Miller something Miller High Life Miller High
0: Life. Is that the champagne so. of
1: beers? Okay, I think so. Yeah, I know I, I like I can vaguely see yes. the can. Okay, thank thank you. Okay. I was like, I can see the can like the gold can where it says like the champagne of beers. I just yeah. Okay.
0: Mm-hmm.
1: So yeah, there you go. Can combine everything.
0: Perfect. Well, I'm not expecting any uh, any bubbly or uh, beer from you today. Nope, nope. Have you got anything other than water? Nope, just Trusty water. water.
1: Trusty water. I can, right. <laughs> I can do a lot of different stuff, but uh, I didn't have any N.A. beer around, um, and there's no, like, N.A. champagne. I mean, there. well, no, take that back. Well. Like, there's obviously, like, sparkling cider and all of that kind of stuff. I am not a big fan of sparkling cider. always find it too sweet i've never found like a good dry sparkling
0: cider yeah we've got a bottle of regular sparkling grape juice stuff in the fridge haven't opened that yet but sure i never mind i realized i I
1: realized how ridiculous that was when i was like there's no Non-alcoholic alternative champagne. I'm like, literally, <laughs> literally like the most prolific non-alcoholic thing is non-alcoholic champagne. Yeah. Oh God.
0: <laughs> that's all right. Can I we're can I, make can it I just
1: chalk it up to pregnancy brain? I'm gonna chalk yep. it up to pregnancy no, brain. Yeah, we're gonna do Thank throw you. another
0: technical dick for the keys and we'll we'll cut that part out.
1: Ah, thanks, guys.
0: <laughs> well, I've got um I'm not celebrating any of these uh holidays, Ooh. but um
1: You got you look like you got something to warm yourself up there, though.
0: Yeah, exactly. Uh, Warm drink for a cold day. So Mm -hmm. I um, it's a apple cider, warm apple cider, and I have orange bitters in it and Jamaican rum, but James Bond's Jamaican rum. So uh, yeah, it was just the 60th, 60th anniversary about a month ago now. So
1: yes. Oh, my gosh. Yeah, we did do an episode on that. That's flown by. Yeah.
0: Remember my grand plan to like watch, I don't know, it's like two Bond movies a month or something. Yep. Yeah, that didn't work out. <laughs> that didn't work out.
1: Uh, someday, someday.
0: Yeah. We need the rabid audience to demand us right? stick to, you know, promises there. Right,
1: so. right. going to hold you accountable. hmm
0: mm-hmm. mm-hmm. Well, um, as I mentioned at the top of the show, it's um, been a little while since we've been here. So um, I've managed to cover quite a few things in my week slash two weeks, whatever it's been okay. um, in media things after sure. work. So I mention a few of those and uh, we'll, then we'll have some news. And then later in the episode, we're going to be talking House of the Dragon episode nine. So we're still working through. Uh, the penultimate episode of the season. Uh, Mm -hmm. We'll be getting that to that later. Um, But other than that, this last week, um, I managed to do plenty of Halloween related things. You know, Halloween was a little different this year, but Ashley's idea was let's go through the conjuring universe movies in order of, uh, you know, chronology, not of date of release. And it's been really good. I'm, I'm surprised uh, i like okay. I like going in this order so far, okay. I think that it's some of the stuff makes a little more sense, you know you can kind of see when they originally released the Conjuring how they were planting seeds for future things, but it wouldn't really have any meaning to you at the moment, sure. and so of course, when the other films come out and you can go back and watch it, it has more meaning, but it's fun seeing it this way too, where it just sort of all makes more sense going through mm-hmm. that way. So, um, the, you know, before I'd already mentioned, I watched, um, the nun, which was surprisingly right. a lot better than when I originally saw it. Right. And then, uh, Annabelle creation, Annabelle mm. and the conjuring Annabelle. See, did you see Annabelle creation?
1: No, no, I don't think okay. I have
0: it's better it's better than annabelle i i like i like the most surprising thing to me is having seen thus far all of these movies they Mm -hmm. all hold up um i like them all as much as i did originally or more okay and so i'm just looking at this like this is a four movie run of horror movies Mm
1: -hmm. that
0: is good how often does that happen Right. You know, that's a pretty uncommon feat, really. And I think it's uh, going a little not getting getting the respect it deserves. So,
1: yeah, I, I, uh, I like the way that you're watching these because I think there's something fun about, like you said, noticing things from one movie to the next this way. Um, whereas like when you, when you have like so much time between theatrical releases, you just don't like pick up on the little things. You don't pick up on the little cues or it's just that harder, much harder to remember. Like two years later, that one little tiny scene or moment or line or, you know, uh, placement of, you know, Annabelle in one shot. And now like over here, that means something else. It's like, dang, like. It's really hard to pull it together unless you're like super mega fan. Whereas like this way you kind of do get that like, oh my gosh, like look at all the things I'm noticing. Like look at all the things I can pick up on. And that's just like extra special for you as the viewer. Yep. And this is like a reasonable amount in the series. So I'm going through like the Halloween series right now. Uh, I watched Halloween too. And I just like, like with Halloween or with like Friday the Thirteenth, there's just so many movies that sometimes I'm like, oh, why, why am I like trying to get through all of these? And I still want to, but also it's just like a little bit exhausting to like think about getting through them all, or like trying to remember everything. Or like I know the quality's gonna dip here. Like let's get ready for yeah. it. You know. Right. So.
0: Yeah. Yeah, I'm kind of waiting for that because I know. I, mean, I think it's the last one in the series thus far as the Conjuring Three right. really felt like a weak point for me. Um and then there was a there's another kind of Annabelle or something one that yeah. I haven't seen. Um I forgot what it is. It's a it's a Spanish name. It's like Il La Llorona. Lloro. Yeah, something like that. Mm-hmm.
1: La Llorona. So. Yeah, that's like the crying woman. Yeah.
0: So I'm excited to see that one for sure. So, yeah, but yeah, so that's been good. I, I was watching this podcast that stole our name. It's uh, Hollywood on the Rocks and uh, those losers. But they right. uh, they had a discussion about what was their favorite or the, not necessarily even the favorite, the best um, horror franchise of all time. Ooh
1: best horror franchise
0: some people gave their own little argument and then uh ultimately like chat decided voted but um
1: okay did they have any parameters what did did they have any parameters like did it have to be centered around like a villain do you know what i mean like where was like something like the conjuring universe discounted because it's not like Oh, no, singular that You know what I mean?
0: If 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 it's a if it's a universe that's connected,
1: okay, okay, a
0: franchise, so
1: okay, all right. Just I mean, I'm just curious because obviously yeah. that could be like a like a drawing point, like oh no, it has to be like Saw or Friday the Thirteenth or you know Nightmare on Elm Street, whatever. Yeah, um, and I think it just has
0: to have at least two entries, and those things can expand over movies or movies and TV, you know, whatever.
1: Oh interesting gosh so what's what's the best franchise
0: yeah huh they came down
1: oh no go ahead
0: yeah they came down to uh choosing um the night of the living dead series oh okay interesting which yeah
1: that was chat that chose that
0: well, yes. So this was one of the people, uh, one of their choices and then okay. the top choices would get put into a poll and chat and chat voted. Okay. I feel like the chat was swayed by the main host of the show's opinion. Cause it was his selection. Was it- I don't know. Sure. I don't know.
1: Was, <laughs> but- he, was he like strongly advocating for that or was he like, yeah, that was the
0: idea point? is everybody's really like giving their choice and trying to okay. defend it. So okay. maybe most passionately defended it or something like that. But I, I guess that I can't speak on that. While well. I know that it's it's uh, important in terms yeah. of um, what it did for the horror industry, like it was, it it did stand out. Not only did the they were try to tackle themes in those films, but then just the practical effects and stuff that were uh, were done very well. So. Like, right. I don't bemoan the choice. It's just I'm not particularly interested in those films. So sure. for me, it's not wouldn't be my choice.
1: Sure. What would be your choice?
0: I think Alien. I still I still just Ooh. I love the original Alien so much. And then and then there's some. Oh, yeah.
1: OK. I mean, I mean, know, know, like, again, again, parameters like true horror and like not mixed with sci-fi you know what i mean like i just want to know our definitions here
0: yeah yeah it's my it's my english
1: major i'm sorry
0: (laughs) no i I think see because because i think the second one my second choice my runner-up is probably evil dead which is like a mixture of there's some that are meant to be pretty scary and then some that just like complete camp
1: right exactly you know so yeah would you classify that as a yeah i mean you do mm -hmm. because how can you not but also like yeah like true horror probably not
0: yeah it's like scream you you know right those are scary but there's a lot of like you know a lot of levity there as well
1: right so. Yeah, I mean, I, I flashed over Scream just because when you said, like, you know, it can cross universes, like it can get into like TV and stuff like that. And I was like, well, Scream is uh, is currently, stre- I think, still yeah. streaming as a TV oh, okay. show. Um, I don't know. I don't think that got canceled yet. I'm sorry. I don't mean to sound defeatist. I'm just sort of like, I think it's still running. So, yeah. yeah so I was just so. wondering if that, like, due to its popularity. Um Yeah. Yeah, because we, I mean.
0: So, so what do you yeah, think? Uh,
1: what do I think of, or like, what's my. Yeah, what
0: would, what would be your pick? Pro- I mean, obviously, I won't hold you to it, because we haven't had sure too long. Sure, to I haven't like,
1: I, yeah, I know, I was like, I haven't really yeah. thought about it. Um, I, despite some problems, really love the Insidious universe.
0: Okay, yeah. I really That's, do. Are there three?
1: There's four, I believe. Oh, OK. Because uh, there's like a prequel. That came out to not much fanfare, but was actually good. I think three was my like least favorite. OK, so yeah, I mean, one one is my all time. Holy... Like Insidious is just amazing. talent
0: share to list here. Oh, my gosh. Uh, Insidious.
1: Yeah. Oh, wait, okay, those are so... albums, though. No, that's one, is two, that a, three, is that, is four. That a film, oh, the last two are unrelated. Yeah, okay, all right, four. So it's four. So it's four. Yeah. Okay. Yeah, thank you. Yeah. I was like, wait a minute. <laughs> yeah, and see, so it's yeah. the last key is what I'm thinking of was
0: that, that. might be a fun one to do um, next year for Halloween and go through those. I yeah. It, so the last key, class key, that's um, is that with that uh, older woman and she's like going into people's minds. It also has, um, yeah, yes. It also has the as Patrick Wilson, yes, yes. Yes, Those are good. Um,
1: I I really, I mean, the first one, like I said, is is my absolute favorite. I I love the second one too because it doesn't, it doesn't stick too much to like the original. It doesn't feel itself tied too much to the original, where it like tries to do the same thing. It it uses elements, but it has like a whole new plot line so i really like it but yeah the original is just like in my in my top five if not my top three for sure
0: Mm -hmm. yeah someone brought up um uh hannibal hannibal Lecter universe and i thought that was a good pick because they were including then the hannibal television series right right which is great uh, yes so
1: yeah i feel like i feel like i keep uh every time you say something i'm like all right i have to like expand my (laughs) definitions of like what's possible here Mm
0: -hmm.
1: yeah Mm -hmm. that would be a good pick that would be a very good pick so
0: So, yeah halloween stuff hope everybody had a good one um just one more thing i'll mention uh because it's halloween related resident evil 2 i'm finally trying to finish that the dlc for resident evil village came out recently and it's like before i get onto that the rose stuff i should finish up resident evil 2 Mm -hmm. so um finally i it can finally i can get a few resident evil games under my belt instead of just saying that i beat resident evil 5 you know (laughs) five and then village and three remake and they can do two now and then four will come out gotta do that so it's
1: gonna say yeah. you better not miss my fave
0: yeah i think i'm getting pretty close to the end so good yeah it's been good and like one little uh i know already going along but the, the like as a throwing it out there for people playing games on their playstation 5 oh, yeah um, which I am doing with Resident Evil 2. There is a free PS5 update and all that stuff. It's um, there is a really nice feature because it's been a long time since I played this, and so it has built in on a lot for a lot of games, uh, like help or tip feature into the operating system. So oh, I, oh, I didn't oh, know I think... where to go or whatever was going on, and so I can go in there and say like help, get help basically, and it just gives you it knows what where you are in the game and you can tab through things that you should do or whatever. And that's found that really useful. I I used to be so opposed to any sort of like look up any help or anything like that, but then I would quit a lot of games. And there's a lot of Mm -hmm. things that I wouldn't ever end up appreciating because like, well, uh, that's too frustrating right now. I'm done with that and then never go back to it. So yeah. Um, yeah, it's a nice feature, but, um, Anyways, your Halloween, your week. How's that been?
1: <laughs> it's been good. I haven't done quite as much as like your full list, even though you didn't go through with it. Um I obviously I like I said I watched Halloween two. Um I got I got a fair amount of movie watching in um because I not only saw Halloween two on Netflix I checked out uh um Romantic killer, which sounds like it should be like a Halloween type of thing. But it actually yeah. is like a rom-com, not like a romance and also like an axe murderer. Um, is it good? It is. It's very cute. Like the first episode is mm-hmm. a lot of setup, of course. Yeah. Um, But it's very, um, it's, it's good setup. It's good like intro to the characters, intro to the premise of like what's going on in this rom-com setup. That's like very meta because it's a game being set up yeah. in this girl's life. Um, so it's it's very fun. I like it so far. Um, and then also uh, got to check out. Oh, God, I'm so, 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 so excited. Finally made my dreams come true and got to see Black Adam on the big screen. Chris took me out for a date. Wonderful husband that he is. And just, you know, suffered through my like drooling. Uh, all over the rock, the rock as Black Adam. Um, we can get into it a little bit later because it's going to come up with something else that we're talking about in the news. Um, but overall, solid. Um, I would say it's not like a Wonder Woman level good, okay. but it's it's more like Shazam level good, like okay. a solid a solid B like at times maybe dips into the like B minus territory, but only because I think of like a certain few issues that I think another one, another movie could resolve, but very, okay. it's like, it's a great starring vehicle built for the rock. Like it's obviously built for him. Um, and he does mm-hmm. extremely well in it. I think, um, it may be like a little bit to the detriment of some of the supporting cast because they're a little less fleshed out. But overall, right. really good movie.
0: I will look at the camera intentionally, as I say. everybody you gotta take that review with a grain of salt she got about <laughs> half a half a grade or something one, and Andrea and uh, all right, and so Jane maybe b minus um... yeah. <laughs> okay. well, that's uh, good. I'm glad you liked it
1: no i I did really like it. um, like I said it 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 had a couple of like dips just in the case of like there were a couple like weak script moments where I was like, Ooh, probably could have like bolstered that plot point. Um, Or there was like one or two moments where I like, you guys spend millions of dollars and and you just fell flat on these like two CGI moments where it really needed some work. Um, But, but on the whole for the amount of effects this movie had and like the amount of ground it had to cover in introducing us to, you know, a basically unheard of character for mainstream audiences, not for like people in the know, um, I think it did really well.
0: Okay, yeah, that's sort of the tenor of uh, discussion I've heard about it. People are just looking for something fun, and this seems to deliver mostly. Um, yeah. So yeah, that's good.
1: Yeah. Um, and then I also. Checked out two more movies, uh, back to back, just kind of binged because the second movie in this universe came out, and I was feeling a little nostalgic for my uh Victorian scholarly days. Um, I watched Enola Holmes one and two on Netflix. Um, which also, I mean, it was really fun. You know, obviously Sherlock like Enola Holmes is the sister to Sherlock Holmes, so it's like right in my wheelhouse for a Victorian era. Um, fun movies, fun setting, fun cast. Uh, Millie Bobby Brown does really well as the lead, um, as does her supporting cast, Sam Claffin, as one of her brothers, Mycroft. Um, Helena Bonham Carter as uh, the Holmes family matriarch is a lot of fun. And then Henry Cavill as Sherlock, the infamous Sherlock. Um, and not so much the first movie, but the second movie, they had a brother-sister, like, older guardian, younger apprentice vibe that really, really strongly reminded me. Um, I mean, obviously, different setting, different characters, but really, really reminded me vibe-wise of Witcher. Oh, okay. With Geralt and Ciri. Sure. It was, it was very much that same vibe, which I think works. Like, Henry Cavill does really well in these sort of, like, stoic, I have special talents and I've unwillingly adopted like an eager young apprentice who wants to learn from me. He does really well in this like back and forth kind of like big brothery type of relationship. Um, so, yeah, so I think it's dissimilar enough in like obviously the plot point setting, you know, I'm, I'm creating a different character here, but the vibe is the same and it does really well.
0: Okay, cool. Nice yeah it was interesting i I heard uh Anola Holmes when it was first coming out quite you know pop up quite a few places and then two just like out of nowhere. I felt yeah like, nobody so.
1: knew it was coming, really, yeah, and it just like dropped and then suddenly it was like number one on Netflix, so yep I was just like, oh right, I wanted to see that and now I should
0: yeah perfect, well, um that's perfect for our upcoming news stories, because we're going <laughs> to take all that stuff and keep on the same track. Henry Cavill is yes. in the news quite a lot of late. Um, he is everywhere. You just mentioned that this relationship seemed a lot like Geralt and Ciri. Well, that relationship is about to end, because mm-hmm. um, Henry Cavill will no longer be Geralt of Rivia, in the fourth season of the witcher. So, yeah. major um,
1: major spoiler alert. If you didn't know, um, that.
0: <laughs> is it is it a spoiler alert?
1: I mean, I don't know. I mean, I mean, it's could not, not ch- it's not a story
0: not, spoiler alert. It's casting. No, I mean, it's, it's, it's casting.
1: Uh, yeah, but yes. that could, I guess. Yeah. Not spoiler alert, but maybe just like take a beat if you need to study yourself because yeah. when I read that, that was shocking to me.
0: It's. Um. So, oh, well, you can keep the spoiler thing up. I don't know. That's not that's good because we will talk. Because spo- I think you wanted to mention yes. a spoiler, right? I do. I because do. <laughs> this is all interconnected. Yes. What's going on here? It seems so. Right now, uh, Henry Cavill has played Geralt in season one and two of The Witcher. He's a mm-hmm. big fan of the source material. He's a big fan of the games. Um, and I'm guessing they're in the middle of or done filming season three, which he will be a part of, and then no longer for season four, which he will then be replaced by Liam Hemsworth. But this all coincides with a new, uh, like, I don't know, spoiler now for Black Adam, right?
1: Yes, yes, absolutely. Spoiler Spoiler for Black for Black Black Adam. Yeah, so this coincides with like a a rebirth of sorts um, in the sense that Henry Cavill announced he is rejoining uh, the DC Universe as Superman. And he makes a little pop-in cameo appearance, um, a post-credits appearance um, in Black Adam as Superman. And I'm not going to lie to you, the the face-off between Superman and Black Adam just is like crackling with tension and electricity and just like over the top like both of them absolutely believing I can beat your ass machismo and it's <laughs> it's amazing. It was so good. It was it was honestly and this says nothing about the caliber of the movie, but it was honestly one of my favorite parts in addition to the movie. Do you know what I mean? Like I'm not trying to say like oh my god the post credit scene was one of your favorite parts like the movie really must suck. No. Movie was solid, and the post-credit scene was just like, ah, alive. Like I could just feel it. So. Sure.
0: Yeah. Uh, I mean, it's you know we know that The Rock has wanted to get this Black Adam movie made for a very long time. Mm-hmm. It's been in some stage of production or like trying to make it happen for many years, like over a decade or something. And so, oh, absolutely,
1: yeah, it's been a long time.
0: And um, part of that is wanted to like see his character face off against Superman. And mm-hmm. I don't think too many people argue that Henry Cavill is a very good Superman. Um, whatever people might think of the varying DC EU movies, um, the complaints usually don't come down to Henry Cavill Henry Cavill portraying the Man of Steel. Right.
1: It's not. It's not a casting issue.
0: Right. Mm-hmm. So um I don't know this is all just really interesting lots of stuff being shooken up this is uh the like news element I'm gonna put on my I don't know like conjecture hat now uh <laughs> okay. speculation spe- speculation corner here whatever um to me this I'm thinking so Henry Cavill's been on record saying that he'll he'll be Geralt as long as he can be Geralt if they're true to the source material well, we saw already in season two a pretty starting to deviate quite heavily from that. Um, right. we, Henry Cavill seems to be one of the few people in Hollywood that is like, okay, with with fandoms and understanding of that. And so I'm sure he's like, here is it and wants to do what he can on um, on set for, um, you know, for honoring the source material that he likes. This comes out along with uh, someone on set also saying that some of the writers actively disliked the books and the games. So there's been Mm -hmm. a few articles going around about that. Um, The quote is um, from Bo DeMeo, former producer and writer of The Witcher. I've been on shows, namely Witcher, where some of the writers were not or actively disliked books and games even actively mocking source material and then saying that it's not really a great environment to be in. Um, right. So I think that Henry Cavill was looking to get out, but being, if you can kind of convince yourself like, Oh, you know, it's a thing that I love. I am part of it still. Like even if they're changing it and it's a good job, but then when DC comes calling and says, Hey, you want to come back? And, Be a big part of our kind of dc relaunch um as the man of steel and have some creative input and stuff like that that's the kind of perfect time to jump you know it's like all right i don't need my name attached to this thing anymore that has people in charge of it that aren't really a fan of the thing they're making um which i don't think is anything unique i'm just uh, unique that someone meant said it um that was involved and then that you know he now can be on to something else that you know, has just as much or more appeal. And, um, you right. know, yeah. So I, th- I think it all kind of just worked out for him.
1: Yeah, I, I would agree with you. I mean, I think the timing works out, works out, even though as a fan, I'm av- uh, a fan. Well, a fan of The Witcher. I mean, I'm also a fan of Black Adam. Um, but I mean, as a fan of The Witcher, I'm disappointed. Um, you know, I never like a recasting. And I think Henry Cavill's been especially wonderful Geralt so I mean the thought of of Liam Hemsworth replacing him to me is sad on a couple of levels you know I don't want to see Henry Cavill go I appreciate that he loves the source material and he has you know we've heard stories of him like steering the writers back to you know this isn't something Geralt would say or do this plot point doesn't make sense you know so kind of like avoiding those mistakes so obviously I'm worried for the the series at that point, I have no idea where Liam Hemsworth falls on the spectrum of, like, do I care about the Witcher? Is this just, like, a great job for me? Um, you know, like, there's the physicality. Like, not yeah. that Liam Hemsworth is, like, some shrimpy dude or whatever. But, I mean, you know, are we, like, going to give Geralt, like, new skill sets? Are we not relying on, like, the the body type anymore, the strength, the the sheer, like muscled force of Geralt's? Is this going to be a little bit different portrayal? You know, so there are a lot of questions there and a lot of, you know, worries about the future of that show, which I really enjoy. On the flip side, yeah, I can't blame Henry Cavill for getting out of this this toxic environment. Um, You know, I think if he was less of a fan of the show, it probably wouldn't affect him or bother him as much. But since he is, yeah, that would be especially harmful to like watch people actively mock or destroy something you love. And then to flip to the DC universe, you know, getting involved with like the black Adam potential franchise with someone like Dwayne Johnson, who clearly cares so much about this material. He worked to try and have it made for over a decade. Yeah. That's gotta be refreshing for him. And, and obviously like something he would want to be a part of in both the workplace environment capacity but then also as getting kind of a fresh start for superman where we're not getting tied into all these like face off with batman kind of movies you know yep. what i mean like he, he gets a new yeah. storyline right so that's got to be refreshing yeah. too
0: yep no yeah i um i agree it's i mean the witcher the show already for me had one more season to kind of redeem itself right it's like. I, I think a lot of people were surprised at how good the first season was. you know, you'd no right. idea where the expectations should be. It's a pretty lofty fantasy world to create. And I was like, wow, you know it, you you really missed on a couple spots that were easily correctable. uh, some yeah. armor for the NIF Guardians that people pointed out, and Tris having red hair. You know, right. and like dressing a little bit like Tris, you know, just a few things, you know, that could have been right. tweaked to really, really nail it. But overall, people were like, hey, this is this is a fun interpretation and well done. And then season two, um, in a lot of ways, you know, took a step down, it seemed like on some of the some of the action it took a step down definitely in terms of staying true to like what the story is about really made Eskel I, I won't spoil that stuff, but <laughs> uh, we,
1: we have, we have a whole, you know, yeah. podcast mini series. We've covered all the episodes of season two. So go watch it. Cause we have yeah. thoughts.
0: Yep. So it was on, it's last legs, you know, it's like, okay, are you going to take feedback and turn this around in season three or right. what? And to me, Henry Cavill exiting means they haven't. That's I, my, yeah. we'll see long about that. Maybe, maybe it's just, you know, maybe it has nothing to do with that. But to me, it's like season three meant last straw and uh, mm-hmm. we we didn't come back from, from the edge here. So.
1: Yeah. I mean, on the one hand, it it definitely like ups my intrigue for seeing season three uh, and then also hmm. upgrades like my fear, you know, going into mm-hmm. that as well. You know what I mean? Like I'm, I'm at yep. once like ex- interested to see, like, is this the reason? And then also like terrified to confirm that it's the reason.
0: Yep. I it's just, you know, too many, too many cooks in the kitchen as well with this stuff. I, people just see. They get impatient. They see too many dollar signs uh, because we have, you know, they announced a trilogy of Witcher games coming and they want them coming really soon. They have um, the Witcher television show. They had the animated show. And then they're going to be doing the prequel series that looks like a CW show. Like it's, it, it's going to be too much. You're not taking the time to cultivate the talent to make these things in really, care and put the effort in. And so you're just going to take another beloved franchise that and make people wish it would have just stuck to the books and the three games. And then just could we have just been done? Could we have just stopped? We couldn't. So that's my fear for what we're going to get with The Witcher, you know, which seems to be what we get with everything now. It can just never, you know, uh, it, it requires some people that have made these properties to not sell off the rights and to like, you know, hold on to those things. In Tolkien's case, there's not much you could do. They waited for Christopher to Tolkien to die and then got rid of it. You know, so it's what do you do? But yeah, I'm I'm not I, I'm excited for Henry Cavill here. I'm excited mm-hmm. for The Rock. Uh, I'm excited for these things and um, a maybe reversal of what's going on with the DC universe yeah. because they have new presidents now.
1: They do. They do. Holy cow. This was like a sneaky yeah. little bomb that I didn't know.
0: Yeah. So, uh, you know, shake up at DC. We all know that have been talking about that. Right. It's just, you know, uh, Warner Brothers discovery or whatever now. And, um, James Gunn is the name we're familiar with. And he's co-chair and co-CEO of DC Studios now. Yeah. Crazy.
1: Yeah. That, uh, that to me is pretty amazing for, you know, a guy that, um, you know, I know there are a lot of opinions on many, many different sides and I won't get into it, but you know, for a while there seemed like he was in danger of not being able to find work at all. Right. And now is, you know, is, uh. Heading a studio, I mean, it's it, it's just kind of amazing to me mm-hmm. so
0: I think James Gunn is talented. He has passion, and um yeah, he's talented and he has passion. I'll say that yeah. I, he's he's yeah. a good filmmaker. Um, i I don't like the way that he has um, he really doesn't care about source. It really does seem like he'll look into things and use it as inspiration like that's the way he's going to work like i really want to make my james gunn version of this thing like that means a lot but at the same time now he's you know ceo of dc studios that's not the director role that's not uh writing a film so i don't know we'll see he he has a good sense for what people want. I would normally think, I don't know, the second Su- Suicide Squad movie didn't do well, but but I don't yeah, know how best to explain that. Is it marketing? Mm-hmm. Is it the first one that brought it down? Is it
1: right? Exactly. There's so many you know? there's so many factors there that I just I don't know that that's representative. And I mean, it did well enough to spawn Peacemaker, the series, mm-hmm. um, which did do well. So, okay. I mean, was it just that people needed like a break from, you know, like anything titled Suicide Squad? Yeah. You know, and if we titled it something different or we marketed different or we, you know, like I know I I belabored the kind of woes of the trailer that made it seem like an entirely yeah. different movie, um, which which obviously I felt was a mistake. But yeah, mm-hmm. so so many things yeah. there that I don't know that judging him on that one, even though I like the movie, uh the success of that one is like the judge of his quality.
0: And maybe it did better after the fact. You know, if Peacemaker That's did true. well, then maybe it attracted a lot people of people are, to come yeah. back and watch it.
1: Right. Yeah. So I don't
0: know. But anyways, little stuff's really a changing um and mm-hmm. uh, it'll be interesting to see what what happens with DC. So,
1: yeah. Speaking speaking uh, of stuff that's changing. Yeah. Man. Yeah. Man, HBO. So, just, yeah. Just so, cutting same out company. My heart here.
0: <laughs> uh, Well, okay. So, Westworld. Westworld is a show that we've covered on the podcast. Uh, we haven't finished covering the latest season, um, season four. Um, but I, I intend to get to it because I was actually liking it. Same. So, but there will be no more. I, I mean, know. it's sort of like we had with, uh, raised by wolves and, uh, I know more and now, yeah. <laughs> yeah, this, yeah, this is their fault though. I think this is their, like, so Westworld season one, I think, you know, it was, it was the show that was, the offbeat to Game of Thrones, Mm -hmm. you know, so you people had people tuning in for Game of Thrones and hopefully some people were sticking around, you know, when it wasn't airing for Westworld. And so they were
1: season one. People definitely were.
0: Mm -hmm. And then season two was a little, um, weirder for some people, a little too weird. I think, you know, the, when you talk to people about it, some people really weren't okay with how that, Season unfolded and didn't feel it made a lot of sense. Um, I know we both really liked it still. Yes. Um, even though I don't think it lived up to the first season, there was a lot right. good to be had there.
1: Right. I think we were um, fair in acknowledging its weak points. I mean, mm-hmm. it, it wasn't season one and it, and it didn't exceed season one, but there were still like solidly good things about the plot and the
0: acting to yep. carry it. yeah. And then there was a big delay. And now I haven't looked this up and verified it myself. So with a grain of salt, but I've heard someone mention recently that they had a script for season three and then they trashed it all the whole thing and rewrote it. And, um, it, uh, it's why we have a season that took longer to get and feels really different from yes. the preceding two seasons. Yes. Um and it was a extreme downgrade in a lot of ways. Like we yes. we both liked stuff in it for sure. I think sure. it started stronger than it really failed to end, you know, well. Um but yeah, I mean combined with the delay and then a season that for the people that did come back really didn't land and I think probably by that point was Game of Thrones done or rapping remember you know I just feel like I maybe the HBO the wasn't getting the draw at the time for people right. you know like if you weren't there already
1: yeah, yeah I I yeah, I totally get what you're saying. um yeah I think I think the gap worked against Westworld in two ways. one, the people who were retuning in saw a different show than what they remembered because it was so vastly different. And yeah, I think there was already if Game of Thrones wasn't over, it would have been in its like last gasps where everybody was so disappointed. Um, that mm-hmm. I don't think anybody had the time to stick around for for Westworld. You know what I mean? Like like there was yeah. already like a sense of like hate watching the end of game of thrones and yeah. it was like i'm not doing that with another show
0: mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. it just so many people they subscribed to hbo when game of thrones was on and for that and then turned it off and so if something yeah. wasn't there to really actively keep them they were gone and, and this World being gone for a while else. out of sight out of mind yeah like you say and so then by the time season four rolls around and by every measure we can find thus far it is a much better season it's too little too late
1: yeah yeah it's um it's somewhere i think for me in the middle of season one and season two Mm
0: -hmm. do you know
1: what i mean like season four Mm -hmm. i i like it more than season two because i think it's a little bit um more of its own thing whereas season two for all of the good things it had did feel like it was lacking when compared to season one because it was similar. It was still in the same world, in the same vein. Yeah. I think season four has the freedom of not being tied to Westworld. I'm so glad spoilers yeah. are still up because I'm just like giving stuff away if you haven't watched it. Um, but yeah, it's, uh, it's, it's really too bad because I feel like season four really found some great footing and mm-hmm. just got solidly back on track. I mean, I didn't think after season three there was any way that I was going to tolerate Aaron Paul's character of Caleb for another season.
0: Right. And you yeah.
1: really just changed my mind about that. Yeah, just totally reversed course. Um, and I think his his portrayal and his relationship, um of his character to, uh, to Tandy way Newton's. um, Oh my gosh. Maeve uh, is really one of the the strongest points about season four. Yep. Yeah. Yeah. It's, it's really disappointing to me, especially because here in the, uh, in the cancellation announcement, you know, they were looking at season five as wrapping up, um, you know, (sighs) the series and it just, it just burns me. It's like, why can't you give them one more? You know, I hate these like sudden cancellation <laughs> cliffhangers. It just, oh, uh,
0: it yeah, burns it, me. It is, it Burst. is too bad. Uh, it's, I, I do like the, it was re, you know, uh, what Zaslov was recently quoted saying, like, it just doesn't make sense to spend, you know, millions and millions of dollars and not. And not make that back. Like, we just can't know, keep know, operating at a deficit. <laughs> you know, I know. But, well, yeah, I, I get it. Uh, but
1: yeah, as a fan, obviously, you're just like incensed. You're just like, come on. We're so mm-hmm. close. Yep. So, yeah, that is, that is really a bummer. And also, uh you're, uh, you're, and we, we don't have to transition now, but, um, your reminder that there was a big gap between two and three does just make me panicked for all HBO shows that have big gaps like Mm. house of the dragon is about to where they're like, Mm. surprise season two isn't dropping for like another two years. I mean, I might be exaggerating, but they were, you know, like get ready for a long gap. And now I'm just like, God, does every show HBO show that comes back from a long gap. Are they under some sort of curse? You know, do they have too much time to like force themselves to be like, we have to make a quality show. And then somehow it's like just enough time to make a shit show.
0: I think it's really going to (sighs) be it's really dependent on the series. Like, I just think the rules don't apply for how long a gap can be across the board. I just think it really is case by case. You know, people did come back for House of the Dragon. I don't it never reached as far as I'm aware, never reached numbers like Game of Thrones when it was doing very well, but certainly had an audience. Um, And it kind of has to regrow some of that audience. Uh, You know, I I, I don't think we'll if the expectation is we'll ever have Game of Thrones level engagement again, they should throw away those expectations that can be goals but not expectations because Game of Thrones for a while was a cultural touchstone. You know, it was Mm -hmm. a thing. And uh, just like when the first Avengers movie came out, you know, like that was a big deal. There were certain things that uh, in, you know, modern cinema that were like everybody, water cooler things. Right. And um, I wouldn't expect that again out of anything, even if you do strive for it. So yeah. Um, well yeah, while we're on it, I'll <laughs> might see the dragon, as well. yeah, might as well. Episode nine uh is yeah. not actually the follow-up to the finale as uh, I originally would have thought it would be. <laughs> it is um we we have one left after this in the season. Yes. And um I I'm gonna preface this by saying that. I went into this episode a little weary because, try as I might, murmurings, you know, made their way through vines to yeah. to me um, about some of the things of this episode. Just oh, namely yeah. that,
1: okay.
0: yeah, just namely that there was that it was a it was disappointing it, when mm-hmm. on a season wide thing it was disappointing. Sure. Someone even suggesting it seemed like the ending didn't belong in the show or whatever. Um, and that it, or like it felt like it wasn't part of the same show or made by the same people or something like that. And then that there was a really disturbing foot scene. Um <laughs> and so I have to say after watching it, I find those uh those faults
1: Oh, and complaints okay. falling on deaf ears. Okay. Okay. So you liked this episode.
0: I did. Yeah. Or, or you yeah. just
1: didn't, or was it that the complaints didn't bother you? No.
0: You know I, I mean, it was I that, feel like there's I, a difference. Well, the reason I'm, I'm adding this little asterisk here is because maybe if I hadn't heard any of these things, my expectations would have been higher and my my judgment would have been right. Would have been more severe. Maybe. But with, with what I had in mind, like going in, like, Oh, maybe this is going to be the weaker episode of the season. I was like, I don't think so at all. I, I very much enjoyed this episode. And I thought it's to the strength of the line of characters we have when we could have a whole episode without Damon or Rhaenyra at all and yeah. still and then we've you know we've lost viserys so like people not involved here and still enjoy yeah it.
1: yeah almost uh no targaryen bloodline involved right almost <laughs> um no no direct targaryen well no that's not true yeah that's it's direct
0: true. yeah it's the kids the kids
1: right and then, yeah uh, say, and Rhaenys. Um
0: renees yeah I,
1: I i momentarily we're gonna
0: like, rewind a bit again
1: yeah um, I momentarily lumped her in because Valarian, and then I was like, no, 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 yeah. she's a she's a Targaryen by blood. Um, even though she, you know, obviously married outside. Yep. I mean, outside quotes.
0: <laughs> yeah, one of the few, um, I suppose, of the Targaryens. Right. seems.
1: Right. Uh, yeah.
0: What?
1: So, I mean, I so I'll give my overall impressions, and then we can like deep dive into it. Um, I didn't. I I also heard some rumblings about this this episode. Um and I I have to say I don't think this was a weak episode. Um I think there were other there's another episode in the season that probably earns that title for me. Yes. But this was probably one of the most if if you know how I've been watching the season and how frustrated I've been with the the entire Hightower clan slash Kristen Cole. This was probably the most frustrating episode for me to get through just because, like, at literally every turn, I was like, oh, my God, this is so stupid. Like, you can't (laughs) actually believe this. Oh, my God, you're having a realization? It's way too late, you idiot. Or, like, somebody was doing something to just absolutely effing piss me off. So, like, the whole episode was just, like, enraging to watch people – Talk themselves into their like delusions mm. of like what they want to believe and how hard they had to hide from the truth to make that happen, you know, like the mental gymnastics and like the the circles that people had to talk themselves into to like yeah make things fit their own desired narrative was just astonishing and astonishingly stupid, so of course, mm-hmm. like as a viewer, I was just sitting there being like Ugh, uh uh. Uh, like,
0: <laughs> oh! I I can I can see you sitting there on the couch just uh, I can see Seriously. I can totally see that.
1: I mean, if you just look at my show notes, it's basically like a mind dump of like there's like all of me being like, oh my god! <laughs>
0: so
1: yeah, I mean, I have like sixty thousand times the show notes you have. You have two show notes, <laughs> but I don't. I know, I... I mean, I I think only half of that was born out of frustration, and some of that was just like things were actually happening that I was like, "Wow, interesting." So
0: okay, okay, yeah, um, okay. So I mean, yeah, I think we, I I mean, agree in the sense that the weaker episode was earlier in the season. I think it was the first one where we had the the cast change, right? I think that was the one, and then we had the older kids, and then it's like this seemed like it. Yeah, I think that one was the. Struggle, the yeah. gross one yeah um yeah I, I i understand what you're saying with frustration by some of these things uh i guess i'm used to what the character what these characters are so it's not unexpected um i i was interested to see how um what's his name now the new king um Agon? is it a yeah, yeah.
1: Her son, you mean?
0: Yeah. 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 I was interested to see how this was going to, because obviously a lot of the episode was spent looking for him and how desperately he wants to not have this. So I thought it was really interesting to see this progression of how he was kind of warmed to the idea and then embraced it all quite quickly. And I do think it makes sense. Um, it's one of the things where you're seeing those around you and you're like, I don't want this responsibility, I don't want anything to do with all this, just leave me alone. Right. Um, no one and no one seems to listen or care about me, anyways, or whatever. So right. it just kind of further puts you into this sort of, I want nothing to do with you. But then, you know, I mean, and he starts the moment. It's one of my favorite moments. He's sitting sitting there with his mom in the carriage. And he's like, you know, what are you talking about? You know, dad Uh, did not, didn't even like me. He didn't want anything to, of course. And and then she shows him a dagger. (laughs) Yeah. And he's like, are you serious? Really? Like, Uh, 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 uh,
1: uh, I'm sorry. It's just like, it's so much like I have in the show notes. I'm like, even Aegon is like, Are you all seriously believing that, like, Viserys had an 11th hour change of heart and was like, Aegon should be heir. Like, even he realizes how stupid that sounds. Yep. Like, and he's Mm -hmm. not afraid to be like, ah, this is bullshit. Like, he hated me, which I don't think he did, but he definitely was uninterested. Right. I mean, I think we clearly saw that. Um, you know, he liked him as a little kid and then he grew up and was like a spoiled little brat and Viserys was basically like, I don't care. I got my own problems. And then, yeah, Yeah. Alicent shows him the dagger, which basically proves nothing other than she stole it. And he's like, oh, interesting. Um, oh, and, and then says like, oh, you're my son. When last episode, she was like, you're no son of mine. Right. Oh my god! So yeah, yeah, just like showing off for me, Allison's just like absolute inability to commit to anything and just like change herself around, whatever. Um, but yeah, for for Aegon, I think that is a, per- a very powerful motivator. You know, he feels neglected by his parents, and now suddenly, you know, Allison's showing him attention, showing in this like potential post mortem gift that Viserys Mm -hmm. is giving him and and that goes to his head. And I think it would for any kid that seems to finally be accepted or loved, you know, no matter how much deep down, if he was a more brave and honest person, he would probably realize this is pretty fake, but sometimes people just like need that surface acceptance and love. Yep. And he does.
0: And it, it, you know, it's setting up for him to be one of the, you know, well, not a great leader probably because you'd see him at the end. You know that he is he is not used to this sort of any sort of attention and that's a positive one. So when you have right. uh, a room, you know, packed to the gills with people cheering for you that you sort of have command of, it's what a what an intoxicating thing all of a sudden for
1: Absolutely. someone
0: that's gone from zero love to seeking, you know, love in any sort of substance and in poor right. houses and some like of that to like, wow, you know, uh let right. you say recognition from my from my mother. Maybe my father actually did do this. That's crazy. I don't know why he wouldn't say anything. And then like, wow, everybody is cheering for me. That's nuts. So yeah, you can see him. I, I liked that path and I thought it actually made yeah. sense for how it he could be accepting of this role now.
1: Yeah, I I completely agree. I've I've not I mean accepting his time as, you know, a baby slash two-year-old child, I've not liked Aegon from the beginning. From from when he could right. actually show us a personality and a character, I've always thought he was like a little shit and was either already or on his way to becoming like another Joffrey Baratheon. Um, and still think he's on, you know, pieces of that path for sure, where where being a ruler for him is more about showboating and the, the recognition and glory and faux love that he gets rather than any sort of responsibility. But I thought that his character journey was very true to his character. I felt yep. that everything in this episode was very appropriate for him. From running and hiding because he doesn't want the responsibility because that's in the moment all he's thinking about he's not thinking about like the fun side of it totally totally got that um you know the fact that he had to be like dragged back to the castle by you know his uh, I mean well first like his guard and then you know secondly after Kristen gets him uh, by Kristen fit very well. Um, and then like the way that he was like, I don't want this. Dad didn't want this for me. I know who these people are. I know how you feel about me to switching to like, I'm just going to go along with it. Cause this seems pretty great. Everything fit for him.
0: Yep. And I, I like, you like you mentioned that there is a sort of Joffrey element and that he's a spoiled kid, yeah. but it's not a Joffrey clone because Joffrey wanted this. Yes. always. Yes. And he Absolutely. was and that's the difference. always and so, yeah, well, you get...
1: I mean, I think aegon has been cruel in different ways, always, because um, one of the first times we see him, um, he's just like spouting horrible nonsense at his mom. And then also at Aemond, he's like one of the bullies that sets mm. Aemond up with the pig as his dragon. Mm. Um and then, of course, like we move on to like he's a drunk and he's useless. Then we move on to like he's forcing serving girls in his bedroom and he's like raping them Um now. In I don't this remember. Episode... I don't remember that. Oh, yeah. Last Is... episode, like the very beginning where Allison pays off that serving girl um that I talked about, like how she's Oh, yeah.
0: Well, I didn't know that was so... a. That was a forced thing. I, I guess I, I didn't uh, recognize. That, I
1: read, but. I read it her as like her with how scared she was. I'm pretty sure that was like a forced.
0: Interesting. See, I read it as her. she's afraid of the queen because she understands that she's been caught with her son, and like, she, what she, are you going to do to my?
1: Because she was the one who found his personal guard and told him what happened, so she had been caught. Mm. I think that's a completely different scenario. You're right, but she was the one who okay. like told Eric what what uh, Aegon did to her, and then Eric brought her to the queen.
0: Okay, it's funny they give give her that drink, and then in this episode they are like, "Oh my god!" Yeah, he's probably he got a ton bastards. of bastards all over. Oh. Yeah,
1: <laughs> I mean, which clearly Alicent doesn't know about. Um, right. Yeah. But then, yeah, again in this episode they like further the uh, the depths of his Aegon's cruelty in that he not only goes around like fathering bastards and doesn't do anything about it, but then also goes and watches them in these child fighting rings. Right. Like he has to know they're his. Like who else's are they? Like he, yeah. you know, he's the one fathering these kids. And then yeah, goes to the child fighting rings, sees these like silver haired little kids in the ring and is just like whatever. So, yep. I think he's got his own cruelties, but you are definitely right in the fact that like, he is not 100% Joffrey Baratheon. It's not yeah. it's not an exact replica. I just think he's like a different version.
0: Yep. Um and then yeah, the like power to, you know, mold your own mind and convince yourself of something that you know is not true uh that we see with Allison, it is impressive because i feel like she has managed Judge to convince herself that this is Judge really what was is wanted here and uh-huh. right how she's switched on a dime from you're worthless get out of here what you mean nothing to me to oh my dear son my dear boy you know like yeah <laughs> I'd oh sing.
1: God! It just yeah. If she would stop and think about like when when Viserys like is is gasping out what to her is his nonsensical, you know, n- last words, and she just like forces them to fit a narrative. Like in the moment of the conversation, she's clearly confused. Obviously, afterwards, she like you know thinks she's put it together or whatever. But in in that moment of confusion, when when Viserys actually utters the words. The Prince that was promised, like if she stopped for half a second to really think about those words and like, do they apply to my son Aegon, I mean, I feel like <laughs> anybody who knows Aegon knows the answer is a resounding no
0: yep yep like he
1: he just doesn't yes. fit any sort of like glorious title
0: no I think what what sold this episode for me and was my favorite part was the tension we had at the beginning, just not knowing how this is going to fall, you know, because I really yeah. didn't know what to expect and how this was going to transpire. And I didn't see the split, um, amongst the family amongst, um, Alison and Otto in the competition for we're going to do it this way. We're going to do it this way. Same ultimate goal, but different means. And so I I found that really interesting at the the council meeting that they're first discussing this. And, um, you know, I felt the tension. I felt just like the leader of the White Cloaks, who's been a spectacular character the whole time, uh, Graham McTavish. And um, you could see the discomfort on his face. Like, yeah, I'm not doing this. If you asked me to do this, you know, like, are we really doing this right now? You just killed a member of the high of the of the council. Like right. all this stuff Ugh, is just Kristen. freaking him out. And he is like one of the only um like resolute, you know, touch keystone characters here. That's has feels like they have. They stand for what they say, they have a moral backbone and have some semblance of honor. And uh, Alan's name is Sir Harold Westerling. Yes. Which is a good name. And yeah. uh, Yeah,
1: Yeah, I think that his moment of standing up is all the more impressive for, um, and not that he's like a coward or anything, but I just think it's more impressive for just like literally watching Lord Beesbury, who, you know, just did the same thing. And I and I didn't expect it of him. He really had the metal to just call everybody out and be like, "This is some betrayal, treason, bullshit going on up yep. in here." Um, and he just like called everybody out, and then Kristen just killed him. And then still, um, it's hard to think of him as Sir Harold Westerling. I, I keep wanting to just say, it, like you said, Graham McTavish, mm-hmm. um, just stands up as like, no, even still, I just watched you murder him. You know maybe Kristen will come after me or no. I don't know how to read the tenor of this room, but still this ain't right. And I'm not having it. Yep. Um, so yeah, I, I did enjoy that. There were at least people complicating the situation. And I did enjoy, like you said, the fracture between Alison and Otto um, where, you know, Alison, even though I just, I'm always like, God, you're so slow realizing what your father is capable of like she always just comes to this like oh my god he really does do this like you know in the last episode where she had the like realization of like man my father really manipulated me into this marriage that i didn't want and now she's like man my father just set up this whole like you know contingency plan of betrayal and treason and made me believe that rhaenyra was out to kill me and my family when he's been plotting her murder the whole time like so slow so slow but you got there girl i guess um but yeah just like her realization of like even though i don't like his means and i'm going to stand up against his means i like the end of it where my family gets to be you know ruling and sitting the iron throne and i get my piece of the power by whispering in aegon's ear if i can find him first you yep. know, and that's that's really, like, setting up the whole race between Allison and Otto, who finds Aegon, who gets to whisper. Yep. Um, which Renice, since she's on our screens, for those of you watching, really just accurately calls Allison out on. Just, like, absolutely dresses her up and down with her little speech about, like, all you're doing is looking to make a window out of your prison wall. You're not actually looking to escape. And was just, right. oof the most scathing burn.
0: Yeah. And that's what I was going to say is I don't know that Allison really did get there on her own. It kind of was, did come down to Renice like giving her that little speech to help her, to help her get there, you know?
1: Sorry. I didn't mean she like fully got there on her own, but when she is sitting in that like first small council scene and she's just sort of realizing how many men around the table have planned for this day and like have things ready to go. She's just sort of like, The wheels are turning and then Mm -hmm. yes i think renise helps her like make that final leap but yeah Yeah. just watching her like figure all of that out i think it's a good um you know ploy as far as like direction goes like for the audience just like catching up to all of this we're kind of seeing it through allison's eyes who's like seeing it for the first time so it's a good like in yep but yeah it's frustrating then also it's, as a viewer to be like, Allison, God, get there. Well,
0: and then it was strengthened as well with her conversation with her father, which I did like, the two of yes. them. And neither of them really give any ground, but like she's uh, you know, like she does put that forward. Like you've uh you know, you've put all these things in place for me. And uh sort of enough with it. This is what's happening. <laughs> so I liked that, and I also liked that despite what she's, you know, like you say that she's come to this realization that she's put in place here to be in this marriage. She didn't want and all this stuff. She seems in this episode to really care though. It still came out. Like she cries over, uh, Sarah's Desiris. body. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And, um, I do think that she's still, and that's why like a lot of this is all a little, um, it, it's, it's sad because she has a lot. She has she had a husband that actually cared for her that and is in a position of royalty. So she gets to be royalty. She doesn't have to live in the gutters with everybody else. She right. has many children. She had a
1: husband that who is cruel too. Like, let's right. not forget her like little speech with Rhaenyra where she's like, At least you get to pick your husband. But I mean, yeah, her husband got picked for her, but at least he's not like a total like torturer or like you know somebody who like would beat her or just like right completely ignore her and shut her away. Like Viserys mm. you know kind of grows uninterested over the years but starts out really caring for her.
0: Yeah. Yeah they they sort of grow apart and they don't pay enough attention to their children and all this stuff, you know, but right. Um yeah. So I um but so I like I liked those moments. Gives her more, you know humanity and yeah. um yeah the,
1: yeah the the time that i that i thought um her kind of complicated characterization was at its best was you know the moment that she's with Viserys's body and she truly seems sad and it did make me empathize with her as a character because i think there was love there and i think she's sad that he was a good man and he it's not his fault That she felt trapped in their marriage, Mm -hmm. Um, so she's sort of you know remembering like the good things and remembering him as overall a good man, and she's genuinely sorry that he died. But also, there like it conflicts with how frustrated I get with her evolution as a character because the way that like Viserys is wrapped up and he's about to have a funeral in the tradition of the Seven. The newer gods rather than like being burned as a targaryen is just like that is not what viserys would want like right like think about your husband don't think about like your newfound like religion you know so yeah so it's like a little bit frustrating there's like that tension of character where she's sorry but also she can't like get over herself in some ways
0: yep well, let's make a shift here and talk about uh, um, Laris Strong and the foot scene.
1: <laughs> gross. <laughs> gross.
0: Hey, no kink shaming, Andrea. Uh,
1: what I with you on this it. podcast. <laughs> I just did it. <laughs> um, um. Yeah. Obviously, you said you said right off the bat that you were. Uh you were hearing some things about that and had some strong reactions to the to the foot scene.
0: I yeah, I had heard that it was like the so disgusting and it went on so long. And so I was I was waiting for like this to really escalate. I yeah, thought sure. he'd be sucking on those toes and all kinds of stuff. <laughs> and all, so so to me, it's like, well, that wasn't that long, it was pretty tame. No. Um but what was more interesting to me really, was the uh content of the discussion yet, and I was sure. a little confused because was he suggesting that her daughter is involved in this ring of spies or
1: uh, no, I don't believe or so. it's like a
0: pawn of this, like people are using her. For no, or what 'cause she was brought up was she not like are yes yeah I, I
1: I felt that they that they were talking, um, I mean, they were obviously talking about uh Allison's maid, Talia, um who was reporting here, you know on screen t- we see uh missaria, so that that was you know kind of like the head of the snake that they were talking about, but I believe they were also referring to um. I thought that they were referring to uh, Aegon and Helena's like children's nanny. That's what I thought. That's where I thought her daughter Mm. came into it.
0: Okay.
1: Not that Helena had anything to actually do with it.
0: Okay. All right. Yeah, I was just a little confused there. What? Yeah, their their conversation was a little.
1: Yeah, their conversation was a little abstract, and I. I think it was supposed to be that way because Viserys is... Sorry, Viserys. Larys is really drawing this out because this is, like, his moment of, like, I'm forcing you to do the thing. Right. (laughs) I really want to, like, draw it out as much as possible. Mm -hmm. Like, they've obviously done this dance a lot. Right. And so he knows how to, like, prolong to keep getting what he wants, which is not just, like here's her feet. It's just like, here's my bare feet. Here now are like my feet in your view so you can jack off to them. Again, not not, things I say on this podcast that I just like, (laughs) I'm like, uh, any other context in my life, the sentence would just be what? Um, And yet here I've said it. We Um, just have
0: a new follower on Twitch at this very moment and they're probably gone (laughs) now. It's an unfollow. Sorry,
1: (laughs) sorry. (laughs) Uh thank you for being here. Um yeah. So yeah, I mean, yeah, I think I think that was him drawing out the conversation because of course he he wants this moment as long as he can because okay. he knows Allison is reluctant but going to give in as long as he keeps like tit- uh, titillating her with information as she titillates yep. him with her feet. Again, <laughs> gross. Can't believe I'm saying this, but you know that's where I am.
0: Hey, it's you know it's. uh
1: This is what the writers you know. have made me do. It's it's not
0: very. I it's it, happy it, it's, not, it's not difficult, you know. She gets to look away. She gets to stay like six feet away,
1: right? It's, she uh, just show know. her bare feet. I mean, this is a win win.
0: Like, this I, is a win win.
1: Well, I mean, it's like a win win ish. I mean, yeah, Well, it ain't to... <laughs> her face obviously says, like, I hate this as, right. as she well. Should. Yeah, I it's... mean, like, she doesn't want any part of this. And it's obviously she feels like it's debasing, which it is. Um, But I mean, if she really didn't want this information, like. Mm-hmm. Don't give it up like that.
0: She should have been um, commissioning the royal. Um, artist. To draw many versions oh my God, of her that's a, feet that's
1: a that's a clever and, workaround wow
0: and sell them <laughs> to him for for some uh,
1: information some yeah
0: coin and information yeah mm-hmm. Oof.
1: yeah i didn't think about that i wonder i wonder how long you'd be satisfied by that though because they they <laughs> really like escalated you know what i mean like it obviously yeah. didn't start out as her just like propping up her bare feet for him to like Pleasure it, it would get to it would get to, to, would get to, to the artist. The first time.
0: <laughs> it, right, right. It would get to the artist drawing him in in portrait with the feet. Sure. So he could like really, you know, like it, they can get really creative. But and... then, like,
1: but then you have to like let somebody else in. On that, I know. you know what I mean?
0: I know that is really, the thing, but
1: you'd you'd have to like bring somebody in and trust that they wouldn't, you know, tell. Because obviously she's not going to tell. And Laris is like, I really like this arrangement. So as long as it works for me, I won't tell anybody. But, but how do you trust right. somebody else then, too? But Laris
0: is so connected, you know, I feel like that's what they're setting up is that he is very, you know, so who's going to get away with betraying this deal? Because he'll somebody, know. About yeah, it, yeah, you know.
1: But somebody is going to, I mean, there, this clearly doesn't like go on forever. Like there's going to be, there's going to be a point where, you know, either Laris or Allison finds it beneficial to, you know, I mean, for Laris, he might like expose this to Otto or use it in some way to like, you know, curry favor with Otto or Allison is going to feel she has like a replacement for Laris and betray him somehow.
0: They that was interesting. We did see Laris kind of start a relationship with Otto. They had their brief little discussion where Otto is not unaware that he's spent a lot of time with his daughter. And he's just like, yeah, that could be beneficial to you as well.
1: Yep. Yep.
0: We don't know what that means yet.
1: So, yeah, I mean, obviously like you say we don't know what that means yet for me i at least took it as like a, a slippery slope or a hint that there's there at some point where laris could absolutely betray allison's trust um
0: right yeah
1: and you know sell her out to Otto in some fashion including you know her de- her her depravity really his depravity but obviously Otto would take it poorly about allison um, And then, yeah, I mean, for for Allison, there's always a risk of, you know, somebody's going to catch them and she's the queen. And this is highly improper, you know, especially for a woman. Anything, anything near sexual that, you know, a woman could be caught with is obviously going to be worse for the woman. So
0: she uh, I think she should just embrace it, you know, just uh, hey, y'all, you know, I have beautiful feet. Uh um, oh, she can, can't. You know, though. What can you do? What can you do? I'd be like, though, because she's
1: cause she's built up this whole like I'm a pious, chaste, you know, virtuous queen image.
0: Yeah, yeah. You know what I
1: mean? Where Nera could get away with this.
0: That's true. Yeah. You know, because everybody's is just sort yeah. of
1: like, She already has a scandalous reputation. Like, we kinda talk about it, but we're also kind of afraid of her. So like whatever. It would just I mean it would be weird, but it would be a lot easier to like Except for Rhaenyra, whereas like Alicent is like paragon, chastity, virtue, like can't do any of this sure. stuff. So sure. all
0: yeah. right. Um we also now should talk about um we mentioned her but should get into a little more um Renice because she was yes. uh this was definitely her biggest moment in this episode or in this season thus far for her character. She, she had more boss. screen time.
1: Yes, she is a boss bitch in this episode for like being someone who you initially think is like a prisoner and, you know, going to be like a victim or a casualty of the this Green Council. Um, she has two of the absolute just biggest cut downs of this episode. And I loved it. Good yeah, we her. talked
0: about the one already, you know, really, uh, you know, giving Allison to peace of her mind. Oof. And then um, she gets broken out. And that yes. looks like it's
1: by the better to
0: go badly all of a sudden. Um, and then then we see her smile. I, I didn't know what that was about. And so she had an idea. And obviously we get her episode capping off with her busting in. Oh. Um, not regarded. No regard for human life. Nope. I might add. Nope. <laughs> uh, so
1: holy cow! You know, Targaryen I
0: mean, through and through. But... Did
1: you did you see that coming? Because no, uh, her dragon Melis, erupted out of the ground, and I was just like, "Whoa!" Like viscerally, just hit with that. Was not expecting it at all.
0: As soon as the dragon no. was there, though, I figured it was her.
1: Oh, I did like, too. You know, they
0: they hide the rider yeah. for a while. I'm like, it's. I bet it's her. And so
1: absolutely. Yeah. Well, especially because earlier when uh, Eric is trying to escort her to safety, and she's like my dragon, and he's like, sorry, but the second, hmm. yeah, like you said, that th- her dragon erupted out of the ground. I was like, there she is, just <laughs> making an entrance. Woo the destruction so, i was shocked that is that is like the way to interrupt that ceremony which is going perfectly for Aegon, right up until that moment yeah and you know nobody's gonna remember a gd thing about the actual ceremony other than holy shit we were all terrified by the dragon that just burst yep. in
0: mm-hmm. i, I mean, like how they have to uh they ha- you know they don't they can't be like hey you know announcement King being crowned. It's just like heard everyone that's available right? and like force. You're to you're going,
1: to, yeah. you're going
0: as witness, you know, like that's what it is. Yeah. So. But but yeah, no, it's cool. Like, so. Two things. Should she have torched them all? Yes. And two, why did she not? Or what's what's being said here? <sighs>
1: Yeah, my my only my only thought here is, she's suffered so much death and pain and and loss, and Alicent stepping in front of Aegon was just like I can't take her child away. Mine have all been taken unjustly from me. You know what I mean? Like this, she's sure. for as much as she like hates the High Towers and like thinks that it's wrong that they're on the throne right now and that Aegon was crowned because obviously Rhaenyra is supposed to be queen Um, she she just isn't the person to pull the trigger you know
0: right. from,
1: from her own losses and her own recent experience I just think she's like you know what it doesn't matter if I torch them all here because I think Rhaenyra is going to win anyway so like she'll do the dirty deed mm. That's that's the only thing that's sort of like going through my mind is like, she doesn't want to be the one to cause that loss for somebody else, even though obviously she would torch Allison to the process. But she just doesn't want to do it because she thinks Rhaenyra will win and do it for her.
0: Hmm.
1: But yeah, no, I yeah. I absolutely was like ready for her to just like unleash light a fireball. Up. Yeah, light him up. Light him up, baby. Fourth of July. Um <laughs> yeah yeah i i mean i, I mean, know that would have I really mean, been
0: I, that would have been like black like red wedding scale right? i mean just right wow you just i mean
1: it really would have blown my mind because i obviously like sat there watching you know her dragon threaten them all and be like obviously they're not going to do it because then the war's over but um yeah it, it would have been shocking but it wouldn't and, have and to it be it would have been so satisfying
0: we could have seen who the real Targaryens were, you know? Uh, mm-hmm. Eye Patch Kid could have been like... Leman
1: could have ...invulnerable
0: lived. to fire. And, uh, yeah. you know... Yeah, that's he's true. the one. He's got the biggest dragon. And... Uh, right. So... Yeah. That would have been interesting. Yeah, I don't know what to think of why she didn't... Like you say, probably the, you know, I'm not going to take someone else's children... And she thought she can scare them enough, like, and have this over them. You know, I right. could have burnt you all right there, right. I chose to not leave me and drift Mark alone, right, kind of thing
1: right. I don't know, yeah, and I mean, obviously, um in the in the post episode you know explainer, we get a lot of like, well, she just like really also wants to go tell Raira what happened. I'm like, it doesn't matter if she flew off five or 10 seconds later after she burned them all to a crisp. You know what I right. mean? Like, I just I thought that was kind of like a lame explainer of like where needs to know and then near needs her enemies also dead. So
0: yeah, yeah, right. <laughs> I, I didn't I actually didn't see the post credit thing on this one, so I didn't know oh, okay. if there was what else there was in there. But yeah, that does that doesn't make any sense.
1: No. Um no. Was
0: that the actress, or was that the showrunner or writer?
1: Showrunner, showrunner, that was not her.
0: <laughs> okay, yeah, I don't know what. I again, I, I, I've never had this issue with a show before, where so many conflicting problems with the post-credit.
1: Yeah, yeah. Things. I feel like That's the post-credits have really weird. been like up and down, um, where yeah. some of them are, like provide much-needed explanations for things where you're yeah. like. Oh my god i wish you would have put that in the actual episode it really yeah. would have helped me and then sometimes i'm like oh no i hate your explanation of that motivation yep. that's terrible that's not what what i read in the scene yep. at
0: all so yep yeah well art is in the eye of the beholder that's why right. sometimes it right. is best is that objective. they shut up
1: because
0: yeah. uh yeah
1: you can on I do. I do tend to like hearing more from the actors and actresses, um, just talking about their character motivations because that often gives me a different perspective on things. Where it's not so like showrunners are often trying to say like we did this this way because we wanted to make this black and white point. You know what mm-hmm. I mean? Whereas like the actors are usually like, I see Rhaenyra doing this because I felt blah. Or like you know, when she makes this choice, I was really trying to convey these conflicting emotions and things that you know happened in the previous episode that are that are coming to bear on this decision. And I find that to be more interpretive, and I like those considerations rather than like the showrunners being like, "We did this this way." Mm.
0: They are achieving two very different things by commenting because, if be you're yeah. a writer or a showrunner. It's sort of like setting, it should be setting sort of the way it is, kind of clarification of what we have in the world or what you're seeing or how something was done. When you listen to an actor or something like that, then um, it feels more like you're getting how an actor got there, like why they're... what what they're so that's not giving clarification really to a character or the world necessarily but how they saw it and how that bore fruit to what was put on screen so
1: yeah yeah and I I do like that that kind of um non-clarification I like the this is how I interpreted it because it just gives me more to consider about motivation or or considering like the complexity of a character Rather than seeing them to black and white, I mean, I I do have strong opinions about some of the characters in this show, and I just don't know that like adding any other layers of complexity to Alicent or Otto or or Aegon's is ever going to make me like think like ooh, I really am just enjoying sure. this character, but it does help.
0: Yep. Um, yeah, I didn't see the preview for the next one. I didn't see that. I don't don't know what happened. It didn't play after the episode. So I was like, oh, I guess there isn't one. But yeah, I I
1: mean, I've seen the preview where I wrote here preview of Dragon Devastation. I was really talking about uh, Melee's coming in and just like, you know, pounding through and devastating that coronation, Um, you know, both the building and the people. Um, You know, it's just really kind of giving us like as the audience, not only just absolutely taking this moment from the high towers, um, but also previewing what a war with people with dragons is going to look like, like the absolute havoc and devastation that a dragon can wreak. It's, you know, this is just a a small taste of what's going to be happening. When there's like multiple dragons coming to bear. Yes. So it is kind of just an impressive foreshadowing of like, this is what one dragon can do. Imagine, you know, what, 10 dragons, Mm -hmm. 20 dragons, you know, however many dragons on each side could do.
0: One last thing that I need an answer to, and then I think I've said what I need to say anyways. Um, Okay. What was with the one twin abandoning his brother?
1: Yeah, yeah, I loved what it. What the heck? I loved what, it. What?
0: What? But I don't understand why. Okay. why
1: So, so it was born out of when they were going to look. They were sent by Otto to look for Aegon, and the one tune was like Eric, E, um, was questioning his brother Arik. Um, I believe that's the the pronunciation to differentiate the names. Um, was like, why do we want to go find Aegon? He, we've been guarding him for years. We've seen what a little shit he is. Like, you right. know, not only like the drinking, the cheating on his wife, and like, you know, he doesn't care anything. He's never studied. He's never taken responsibility. Like, he doesn't want a king. And then also, cherry on top. Like, he is cruel in that he watches these child fights in which his own bastard children participate and does nothing about it. Like, Mm -hmm. he is complete shit from top to bottom. Why are we finding him? And Arik's like, duty. And Eric's like, yeah, but is that enough to just, like, blindly put this little turd on the throne? And his brother's like, yep. And he's like, no, I don't think so. Um, so yeah, so that was like the whole motivation. They find Aegon, Arik is gonna bring him back, and Eric's like, No, no, I don't I don't need to be part of this. I don't wanna be part of this, like Otto has the wrong ideas, I don't even want Aegon to be king, so just gonna bounce, let Kristen take Aegon, because maybe Alicent can soften him up a little bit and be, you know, the lesser of two evils because he's obviously getting on the throne now that he's been found. And I'm going to go free Renee because I'm going to join their cause.
0: Hmm. That makes sense. Like what you like, saying. It's a lot to get to. Yeah. It's a lot
1: to get to in very
0: short scenes. I guess it just surprised me that he was going to, you know, I understood the disagreement and that makes sense. I was surprised he was going to, let him, his brother potentially be murdered by Kristen Cole. Like that's obviously he didn't, that's not what happened, right, but right. just the way we've seen Cole, I, and even in this episode, you never know, man, it was like, this could be a battle <laughs> to the death right now. Like they're going to, yeah. you know, and so you're going to leave your brother to die for, you know, like even if you disagree, uh, that's what I was surprised by.
1: Like right. Yeah. Most, I, say. I agree. I think um Eric probably, you know, I mean, he obviously hadn't seen Kristen just like, murder beesbury right. out of hand. so maybe if he had been in the room for that might have like at least ensured that his brother would have you know lived yeah but he sort of trusted Kristen's honor that he wasn't going to murder him once he had it gone yep yep so yeah i mean a little a little bit of like you know taking a gamble with your brother's life there but i mean ultimately if he's going to be joining the cause for the other side like you have to know there's a possibility that you know, yep. your is either going to die by somebody else's or your hand in the upcoming civil war here.
0: Yep. Um, and I did like the scene where they Otto's asking for them to feel swear fealty now to a new king to this new proclamation. Nope. And I, I was just thinking, okay, so these are powerful houses. You've sworn like don't walk in here without your guards. Like where I, is where is your arm because of course you've got these people looking down at you from the iron throne they have guards and like hey swear yourself this is the new plan um so of course
1: and two people have the balls to be like nope right and then i mean i softened towards caswell a little bit when i realized he's obviously going to try to get out to like warn rhaenyra yep but i also was just like oh dude have have the stones, man, like just mm-hmm. stand up for it.
0: Yep. Uh, all right. Well. Yeah. Episode nine. That's uh, yeah. House of the Dragon episode nine. Oh, a, all a done.
1: Lot happening a lot. Mm-hmm. Happening. I mean, yep. it's a lot of very quickly moving pieces, so it does feel realistic in the sense of like, this is trying to like hush, hush, be done before anybody can really. I mean. All this is happening, so much is happening, Renira doesn't even know her father died. Yep. Like, this this Mm -hmm. episode really conveys at least the sense of, like, urgency, the sense of, like, hush-hush, like, we're getting this done without anybody's, you know, being able to get a plan in place to stop us. That is really well done, the pacing.
0: Well, it's going to be very interesting to see where the season wraps, what we managed yes. to achieve in the next episode before, like you say, we have to wait a couple of years to continue on. Yes, um, yes. But yeah, we're, uh, hopefully you're all enjoying it. I'm certainly looking forward to this new one. I don't know what it is. Every time I like kind of fall out of it, it's like, okay, I got to watch this. And then I watch it and I'm like, this is a great show. I don't know what's going on. So yeah. i fun with it
1: yeah i do i do always get worried before starting an episode and then i watch it you're right i'm just like oh man sucking me in
0: yeah yeah all right everyone that has been popcast on the rocks episode 125. um hopefully we'll be back a little more consistent again like normal i apologize for that otherwise uh make sure you go back and look at our past episodes as well. We have lots of clips up on YouTube. You can subscribe to us there on Twitch, your favorite podcast directory, follow us on Twitter, all that sort of thing. I think we have community access now on YouTube, so hopefully we'll maybe add a few community section things on there. Um, If you do listen to us on podcast formats, please leave a review. That'd be much appreciated. And if on YouTube, like and share, all that sort of thing. Killing the Flower, they wrote our theme song. So you should give them a look at Instagram, YouTube, Spotify. They're on Apple Music as well. Um, they have, for some reason, this is two bands on Apple Music, even though it says the same name. But one of them <laughs> has the new song that's out and the other one doesn't. So okay. I don't know what's going on there or if that's been fixed yet or what. But anyways, they do have a new song. So go ahead and check that out. So that's um, that's about it. Cool. Andrea, thanks yeah. for joining me once again.
1: Of course. As always, cheers, everybody.
0: Have something other than just water now? What is that? Mm-hmm. mm-hmm. mm-hmm.